On today's episode of Football's Finest with Easton and Seth, we break down our week one reactions as well as give some of our surprises and disappointments of the week, some busts and musts for week two, as well as some waiver claims to pick up. We also break down a little bit of golf at the end. We hope you enjoy. All right, welcome in, everybody, to an, the second edition of Season 2 of Football's Finest with Easton and Seth. Uh, it was a pretty wild week one, and there's a lot of takeaways, so we've got a lot to come at to throw at you this week. So uh, let's get it started. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's good to uh, good to be back. Disappointing week one for my fantasy team. Pretty heartbreaking. I didn't. Yeah. If you had yeah, told me always- going into the week, if you had said, "Hey, you're going to score 137 points against Robert," I would have said, "Sweet, I'll start. I'll start one and zero." Nope, that wasn't to be. Robert uh, Calvin Ridley came out there and played like he's never played before. Oh, I know. Yeah, I was. I was kind of surprised that I was able to win. I was pretty fortunate, given I didn't score very many points in the league this week. So, I guess that's one thing I have to hang my hat on. But yeah. I'd, I'd prefer to score a little bit more than 111. Yeah, but if, you're, if you play that good a defense all year, you don't have to score a lot. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, but yeah, I guess I need. I really need to get more con- contribution out of everybody else. I got Mahomes and McCaffrey that put up big numbers. They're always going to do. But yeah. Joe Mixon crapped down his leg, and Cooper Cup didn't do anything. And it, it kind of hurts when your number one receiver doesn't play week one. So, Hopefully, I get Cortland back this week, and that might be a different story. But it could be worse. You could have Michael Thomas. Oh yeah, I was. If that was me last year, that would have been another insult to injury. Who's got there. Michael Thomas? Oh, let's see here. Uh, would have been somebody who drafted maybe fifth or sixth. Yeah, that's their number one overall pick. That's going to be out for several. Yeah. Weeks. Let's see here. Uh, it was Clay. Clay. Yeah, oh. So I, I got the benefit of the doubt on that one. With, he had – with Michael Thomas getting hurt. Um, but, yeah, he's – I think he'll be okay, though. He's got T.Y. Hilton, which he didn't have a huge week this week. But No. I, he'll bounce back. Phillip Rivers, he's he's good when you least expect him to be. So, whoever they play next week is probably like the Patriots or, I don't know, the Ravens or something like that. So, no, if he gets yeah. his, if he gets his kids to bed on time, all of them <laughs> gets a good night's sleep, then I think he'll he'll have a better week coming back. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah. Do you have any uh, week one takeaways from around the NFL in general you want to talk about? Well, do we want to do we want to start by talking about uh, your Broncos last night? Oh I yeah, I, I mean, figure we, we got it. We might as well. We got to address it. I've got quite a bit to say about them, so I'll try to keep it short. But yeah. Vic Fangio is the worst clock manager since Varsity Ron. I'll just say that. Uh, looked like Varsity Ron. <laughs> yeah, like why don't you, why don't you take at least one time out with like a minute left? Because it, if they score, which they were going to regardless, because our defense was gassed, then you at least have a minute or so on the clock. And I feel pretty confident by the way Drew Locke was being able to move the ball that we were at least going to get in field goal range. 
but especially with them playing like soft coverage because that's what what they've been doing. And you just decide to sit on those timeouts and bank on the fact that Goskowski's missed three kicks tonight, and you're just thinking he's going to miss a fourth. It's like, well, if you give him a a freaking layup, he's going to make it. So it's like, don't give him a kick inside the ten yard line. Um, but yeah. Yeah, two timeouts that, doesn't do you a lot of good when there's only 17 seconds left. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, it, it didn't make much sense. I was scratching my head at that, and I knew as soon as as soon as soon it hit the minute mark and he still hadn't taken his timeouts, I knew we were in. We were in for a heartbreaker. It's the same story as last year. First four weeks of the season, we had horrible clock management and it killed us in our first four games, so – is, I see he hasn't really learned. Is Fangio running the defense? Is he the defensive coordinator? Uh, no, he's calling the plays. Which our defense is good, and all, like he knows what he's doing. It's just wait. He he needs like a a clock coach that just is in his ear telling him, "Hey, you need to call timeouts now." Or when you hey, say he's calling down. the when you say he's calling the plays, you mean the defensive plays, right? Yeah, the defensive okay. plays. Yeah, he's not calling saying. the offense. No, we have Pat Shermer calling the offense. Yeah, that's which, that's what I that's another thing they. Like, obviously, the Broncos are shorthanded right now. We've got – because Philip Lindsay, he's got turf toe, so he's probably not going to play next week. Turf uh, toe. We had our – yeah, we had our number one corner go down. He dislocated his shoulder in the game. Boye? Yeah. Yeah, he was play good. Yeah, he was playing really good. I was surprised because um, he had a down year last year. And then uh, we had Cortland Sutton didn't play. Vaughn Miller's out. Bradley Chubb's still coming back from an ACL tear. So it's like, you got to give us a break at some point. Like, we can't have five of our, like, best players and biggest contributors going to be out and expect to really do much. So I'm honestly surprised that they even held around, held on and, like, made it as close a game as they did. And honestly, should have won. They, I mean, the, I don't think either team really wanted to win that game last night. They kept on trying to outdo each other on stupidity. They were so. begging for it. I, it's tough, though. It's, it's, it's hard because you did get some breaks in the form of when you have a, a kicker that missed two field goals and oh yeah and and one extra point yeah he missed three yeah, kicks cause... it's like well usually when that happens and the Broncos or a team just kind of hanging around usually that team will win yeah exactly but just didn't break that way because I guess well I mean both the Titans and the Broncos right now I mean they kind of want to play the same way beat you on beat you on defense and just try to capitalize off your mistakes and not like being too flashy, but I mean, whenever you can't capitalize on other teams' mistakes, it makes for a really hard night, just like last night. But, but yeah, and the uh, Jerry Judy's untimely drops really hurt us because he was having a good game. He's and so good, though. He's his his oh, route yeah. running is incredible, and it was just like it, it's yeah. got to just be the fact that he's a rookie. I mean, I'm sure he was uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. He, I'm sure nerves played a lot of part in it, and I feel like. Maybe he was trying to do too much, given that Cortland was out, and so uh, he probably felt like he had to make a bunch more plays, and it just all that buckled to, or coupled together really makes for I don't know, kind of a disaster situation. And he drops one that could have gone for a touchdown, and another one that would have put the game on ice for all intents and purposes. But but yeah, I mean, I expect him to get better. He's he's clearly talented because. You could see he was getting three or four yards of separation on veterans in the NFL. So it's not like on he was getting it on Kevin Byer, who's a who's a pro bowler. So he's obviously got a lot of tools to work with. It's just a matter of 
I don't know, getting over that rookie wall, I guess you could say. But that's true. But yeah, it, it was pretty. It was pretty sloppy all around. I mean, it oh was, yeah, it, looked it definitely like, looked like two teams that de- had missed out on tra- having a full training camp and OTAs and just were not in sync. So hopefully that gets better soon. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be a very long season. I got, I got, a, I got a little bit of a hot take. No, go for Drew, it. Drew Locke played pretty well, especially, oh, yeah. especially considering that it was his sixth game to start ever. Yeah, I was pleased by how he played. I mean, he he showed really good pocket awareness, something that Denver quarterbacks just don't haven't even heard of since Peyton Manning. Uh, he could move around. He was like that touchdown he threw to Noah Fant. That was an incredible throw across his body and yeah. directing traffic. So I mean, I'm definitely not worried if it, i'm pretty encouraged about how drew Locke played but everybody else it's like you kind of need and even the offensive line the garrett bowles i rag on him all the time he had a great week up for his standards i mean he had a couple plays where he kind of got muscled around but he didn't give up any sacks and didn't have any penalties and if he can do that then like that's about all you can ask of him so but what my uh what i was going to say is 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 uh ryan Tannehill. Uh, he had an incredible year last year. He had the highest passer rating in the NFL. But all I heard about before the game was r- how good Ryan Tannehill was. Not that he had a good season last year. Just how good he was. And in, in the past, it's like, well, he hasn't necessarily been the best quarterback ever. I don't know where he got this title. And last night, I mean, he was throwing passes. He was hitting people in the concession stand with some of the passes he was throwing last night. <laughs> yeah, It was like that, that looked like the Ryan Tannehill from – from Miami seasons past. Yeah, he, uh, I do think the Titans are going to struggle this year because I just don't think that you can rely that heavily on Derrick Henry for a second year and not expect like him to break down or regress to some extent. Like last night, he had a he had a hundred yards rushing, but you wouldn't have known it because he was like he was getting maybe three yards of carry. Which, yeah, it was three. Like he, if he's lucky, yeah. It was, yeah, he, he didn't have that. He ended up averaging like three and a half close to four because at the end he had a couple six, seven-yard yeah. runs. But he couldn't get any – if he gets in the end zone, I beat Robert. I yeah, think. exactly. It was it was really, really tough. And, and back to the Tannehill thing, I just – my question is, are we sure that Ryan Tannehill's good or are we sure he didn't just have a good season last year? Yeah, exactly. And, and – they paid him hundred million over three years, so they're stuck with him now. Whether whether he's good or not, they've got him. But all right, I think we've hammered on your Broncos enough. Are we ready to <laughs> yeah, get to the? Uh, I've, to the... I've gotten off that soapbox. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then a few more takeaways I had were the Chiefs and Ravens. They obviously picked up where they left off, as you'd expect. Um, and this is maybe a mild hot take, not really, but I think the Cardinals could be a playoff team this year. Kyler yeah. looked really good yesterday against a good defense. Or I guess it was Sunday, but yeah, he is yeah. good. If his if his decision making is good, then that's oh yeah, that's about the only thing that could hold him back. And he looked really comfortable. Yeah, he's like he's like a smaller Lamar with a much better throwing accuracy and decision making. I guess you could say not that Lamar's not bad. Not that Lamar's bad, but no, no. Did you see that first pass though that Lamar had to Mark Andrews? Oh yeah, that was that was an incredible catch. I mean that that pass was like what I would have thrown. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was an incredible catch by Mark Andrews. 
Yeah, and then obviously the Browns still suck. So oh yeah, that was disappointing to watch as somebody who loves Baker. That, I mean, it's just oh I know their line. They talked about their line improving. Their line's still bad. Baker's still playing bad. Yeah, there wasn't really. I mean, OBJ looked like he didn't want to catch the ball. He didn't put a lot of effort yeah. out there. It's hard to it's hard to remember much that OBJ's done since that one handed catch. Right. It's like it's just. He's fallen off, or I don't know what it is, but he's not the same guy. Um, it was really a poopy performance all around by it really was. which he may have liked. It, oh, it was it was quite the poop factor performance. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then Thursday night, we've got a horrible, horrible game. The Browns and Bengals. Uh, the battle for yeah. Ohio? Yeah. <laughs> We're starting that off. It's like we – We've been in a pandemic and all this stuff for nine months, and now you're going to make us watch Browns Bengals in prime time? No, thank you. Yeah, can you imagine the people who have the virus and are at home quarantining, and they yeah, flip it's... on the TV and their options to watch that or <laughs> an, an Office episode they've seen a hundred times? Like, there's just not yeah, a lot, there's not a lot going right now. Yeah, so I guess I do have Joe Mixon in that league, so maybe you can bounce back. Uh, he can bounce back on Thursday night because he did not have a good day on Sunday. But no, maybe the the weaker Browns defense will help him out a little bit. All right, well, I guess we should we should move on before we get too carried away. And yeah, we know how much now. we know how much everybody loves us talking about the NFL. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll get a bunch of texts in the group chat saying that we spent too much time on the NFL and not enough on fantasy. But. Yeah, that's all right. I got yeah. some things to say to the people who think they're fantasy experts that were calling yeah. out that were calling out some of our takes on the last podcast, yeah. and all, just about all of ours turned out to be right. Exactly right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but anyway, so who was your biggest surprise of the week? I alluded to him earlier. I mean, it's got to be Calvin Ridley, right? I I, I know he's yeah. good, but a 34. Mm-hmm. He has he ever scored 34 points? I don't, I don't think so. I think last year he topped out at maybe 21 or 22. And it's got to be. I mean, Matt Ryan threw for 450 yards. That's got to he's got to be one of the only quarterbacks to ever throw for that many yards and lose. Yeah, that was he and had it three wasn't like receivers it was a, in triple digits. Yeah, and it wasn't like it was a close loss. They weren't really close in the game and just got, got a bunch of garbage time stuff late. Yeah, but but if you had Matt Ryan in your fantasy team, you're happy though. That was <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that was my biggest surprise. What what did you take? What was your biggest surprise? Yeah, I had Calvin Ridley as well. Oh. Um, <laughs> I guess another thing, kind of, um, I kind of alluded to him in last week's pod a little bit. Um, I always I always thought Noah Fant's going to have a really good year. And not that it was a surprise to me that he did good, but I guess it could have surprised a lot of people that he put up 19 points in the first half. Obviously, didn't have – have another pass thrown I guess he was only targeted one more time in the game and in the second half but that could have been easily a 30 point game if they had just kept on targeting like they did in the first half and honestly they should have because it was working right but but yeah so yeah Calvin Ridley was my main one now my two my biggest disappointment I have two of them yeah I bet we have the same one uh, Tom Brady and Carson Wentz okay we don't I'm glad you I'm glad you said in though because they were a disappointment yeah, so Tom Brady, if you start, like, he got you 19 points if you started him, which isn't bad, but there was so much expectation around this team, and it's like, 
he kind of put them in a hole early that they just couldn't get out of. So I think he expected a lot more for, from Tommy Terrific in week one. But That first I'm drive sure. was, was really, really good. They went right down there and scored. And I'm like, all right, well, here we go. This is the new yeah. in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady had a famous sneak. He snuck it in there. Looked like he was going back to the to the old Tom Brady, and then he comes out there and throws two picks, <laughs> yeah. throws a pick six. Yeah, then looks like AFC divisional round Tom Brady. Blames the the secondary on on his very first pick was uh, I think Evans was the receiver. They're in they're in zone, and anybody knows that when you're a receiver in zone and you find an open spot, you settle. Yeah, and Tom Brady for some reason thought he was going to keep going. And threw it that, and threw it right to right to a, a defensive back, and it's like it, I mean I even know that it's like if you if, if you see zone, your receiver is supposed to settle in an open spot. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a rough outing for him. And then Carson Wentz, you're playing arguably the worst team in football. You cannot have three turnovers. No. I had him in a couple of my other leagues, and granted, it didn't cost me because I won all my games this week and the three leagues that I'm in. But it's like you've got to understand that you're about the only playmaker on the team so whenever you make a turnover it's going to affect the entire team and it definitely did that week you can't you can't let bad teams hang around because that's usually whenever they win no no i agree yeah so yeah 13 points wasn't exactly what people were expecting that that were his owners so hopefully going into this next week he has a little bit better performance i'm not sure who they play this week but for me, it was uh, my disappointment was Saquon Barkley. I know he had he, uh, he yeah. had twelve points, and the only reason he had twelve points because he caught a few passes. Yeah, but having six yards on the ground. Now I know yeah. that I watched I watched that game. The, the Steelers the Steelers defense is incredible. Oh yeah, they they keyed in just to stop him because like you know Daniel Jones isn't going to beat you, so no. you just take away their one playmaker they have. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, I saw something that he didn't even make it past the line of scrimmage uh rushing the ball until the second half wow so that's something that's crazy he was had negative yards on on the ground so yeah i i I don't know maybe maybe they luck out and he decides he wants to opt out for the rest of the year and then go get trevor lawrence and then they're all set, and then they actually have a good team again. If but, I had to play with Daniel Jones, my quarterback, though, I might be trying to give myself the virus. Yeah, that's... Take, take a two-week break, get <laughs> yeah. away from it, and, and try to, you know, uh, just hopefully hopefully the next season he ends up on a team where where they can run the ball. Because that line for, for the Giants is, is not very good either. Oh, they're atrocious, and they spent so much, they spent so much money trying to fix it this offseason. They drafted uh, – that Andrew Thomas out of Georgia with the fourth pick. And then they signed somebody from, I think it was either the Patriots. I think it was the Patriots. He came over with their coach and they just still aren't good. They can't even like get a push. It's like at least the Broncos, what they did. I mean, they've still got two crappy tackles, but the interior, their line's pretty good now. Um, Like Drew Log didn't get sacked at all. And uh, last night's game. So it's possible to make something out of nothing with, a bad O line, but obviously the Giants still don't know what they're doing. No, they're in it. The turnover. I mean, maybe Joe Judge will improve a little bit, but in the last like four years, they've had three different head coaches. Yeah, so since, since I've been in college, the uh, the Giants have had three different head coaches. If that tells yeah, you how successful it's crazy. Been. 
Tom Coughlin freshman year, uh, Pat Shermer sophomore and junior year. Well, there was a McAdoo. There was a McAdoo in there. Too. Oh, I didn't even think about Ben McAdoo. Yeah, it was McAdoo. Coughlin my, was even before that. Yeah, yeah. Coughlin was like my senior year of high school. Yeah. And then McAdoo got. Did he get one or two seasons? I think he got two. He got like one and a half, and then him benching Eli for Geno Smith, I think, was what did him in. Yeah, it's it's like I, I know Eli was on the decline, but I mean, it's you're not. It's not like you got a young star. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah, it's not like Geno Smith's gonna sell more tickets than Eli Manning. Right. So. All right, so uh, we're gonna call. I guess it's kind of a catchy name for the segment, but uh. The wild and out on the waivers. So, who's a one waiver guy that you'd pick up going into this week if you're just broadcasting out to the fantasy players, all that that are all listening to it, not just in our league, but in every league. The 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 two that stumble upon this podcast, uh, who would you be requesting them to pick up this week in fantasy? All right, let me get let me get you go you go ahead and do yours, and then I'll then I'll do mine. Okay, so. My big one, which I didn't even realize how he was on the waivers, was Sammy Watkins. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, he's always incredible week one and then tails off towards the end. I think that's the product of they've got so many playmakers that he just kind of gets lost in the shuffle and gets kind of reduced to a, a fourth fiddle role, especially now with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, that's another surprise I could have put. He had an incredible week. Uh, definitely didn't expect him to do what he did. Uh, especially week one, but he looked good out there. Um, but anyways, back onto my Sammy Watkins thing. So yeah, he uh, he had what three touchdown, two touchdowns in Thursday night's game. Yeah, right. He's... It was just one, but yeah, he had twenty one points. So that's somebody good to at least stash on your bench. And I'm not seeing. Oh. I'm on the waiver wire. I don't see him. Somebody may have gotten him. Uh, he's still on there. He's on there. On the... Yeah, he's uh Oh, there he is. There he is. Yeah. I'm on him. He's he's having to play against the Chargers who which which have an would, okay secondary. Yeah, I don't know if starting him this week is maybe your best option, but I mean it's the Chargers. They're week to week kind of crappy, so Right. Uh and they got the benefit of playing a rookie quarterback last week. So it'll be how they really play. It'll be interesting to see how much improved they are this week. Um, but yeah, then uh, I know in some leagues he's probably not claimed. I don't know if he is in ours or not. I I didn't look down that far, but uh, Naheem Hines, uh, he'll be a good guy to have now. Now that Marlon Mack's out for the rest of the year with that blown out Achilles, um, he'd be somebody good to part put. Uh, as your sec, like maybe having as a flex player in an off week where you have a guy that's on by, uh, he's be somebody good to pick up. Especially, they didn't really utilize Jonathan Taylor too much until Marlon Mack went out, which kind of surprised me. So yeah, I guess because he's young. Yeah, but now it looks like Jonathan Taylor's gonna be the starter. So Naheem Hines will be he'll definitely gobble up a lot more of those uh, those targets on third downs to. He's a lot more of a little shifty back, I think, than Marlon Mack is. But all right, you know, you know who mine is. Who's that? And I don't know how he's still there. Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown, running back. Oh yeah, he's yeah, he is I'd... still there, and I'm sure I I already put in a waiver claim for him. I want him bad because I don't 
he's clearly their guy over Cam Akers. Oh, yeah. Cam Akers, he didn't really – he got maybe, what, five or six carries that were, like, notable. And a lot of them came early in the game and the rest of it. Like, Malcolm Brown's their red zone guy, so he's going to get a lot of the touchdown opportunity. Yeah. Um, he he was clearly their workhorse that night. And, I, I, I mean, I'm sure that somebody else put in a put in a claim for him too, but I'm – I'm trying to get him because I'll start. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I don't. I don't see how you could justify starting anybody else on from that that backfield other than Malcolm Brown. He uh, he definitely had a good week and was the most one of the most notable. Him and Robert Woods were the two most notable guys on their offense Sunday night. So yeah, he him and and it kind of seemed like uh, what's his name. Uh, the Henderson guy, like Daryl Henderson, Darryl. I think that's his name. Yeah, Daryl. Yeah. It seemed like him and Cam Akers were splitting a lot more time. And now I don't know if maybe uh, further on in the season that'll change any, but that's something you can deal with later on. But as of right now, yeah, Malcolm Brown's the guy to have in that offense. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that nobody else put in a claim, but I know somebody like Caleb – who, who, yeah. who pitches a Caleb pitches a tent on the waiver wire and just rides it from week to week. Oh yeah, he's um, Caleb ends the year with about thirty transactions. <laughs> yeah, he's usually he's usually pretty on up there. My team's usually on up there, but I think I'm gonna kind of stand pat what I have. I don't want to overreact too much to week one, especially given that I I came out with a win. Now, if I got like blown out and only put up like eighty points, that'd be different, but. Luckily, my team did all right. Not what I would have hoped for, but you can't count on your team scoring 150 every week. So You'd just be glad he didn't play against Robert. Yeah, that's very true. I play against him this week, so hopefully hopefully he comes down to earth. Oh, if he, he will. Doesn't, then... Oh, he yeah. will. Calvin he Ridley will not then... get – mark my words, I will quit the podcast if Calvin Ridley goes for 34 <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, that seems like it'll go like a bit of a long shot. So, uh but yeah, um, coming into this week, who would you say is your bust watch for the week? I, I just kind of gave it away from my waiver wire pick. Cam Akers, if you're still trying to think that Cam Akers is going to be good, I don't think he – I mean, he's just – he was on the field for like 10 snaps the whole game. Robert, yeah, he, Robert he was the only person that, that helped me out for Robert. He got like four points or whatever and, yeah. and just – that offense yeah the, so. the only I think the only case you can make for starting them this week is if you have like a an injury and you need like a late sub in at your flex uh that seems like the only viable option yeah and even then I'd strongly consider other options until he's more proven uh but yeah mine for this week is David Johnson yeah. uh he had a great week one and I think surprised everybody but I don't know how much of that you can expect going forward. Um, just given, I don't know, he's he hadn't hardly played any in three years. Now, I could be completely wrong on this, but I'm just not very high on him. And they're playing Baltimore this week, which has a really good front seven, maybe the best front seven in football. So, um, I don't see him having too big of a week. Uh, I, think, I think they're going to be down early playing the Ravens and it's going to turn into a, a big passing fest. So they're going to be playing catch up. 
Yeah, I think so too. Having a running back playing against a superior team usually isn't usually doesn't go well when if they if they get behind like they probably will. Bill O'Brien's their coach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and then my must watch of the week. I'm just gonna keep riding him. Obviously, I can't keep picking the same guy every week for it, but I'm gonna pick it again for this week because I'm so high on him. Kyler Murray, he's just so fun to watch. Yeah, and I love him. That that team's just fun to watch in general. They're they're dynamic. They've got a good backfield. They've got They've got good receivers, got Larry Fitz and D Hop. So they run a college offense, which yeah, is exactly. Fun, yeah. Which who would have thought that Cliff Kingsbury would actually thrive in the NFL as opposed to the Big Twelve. Right. But, but yeah, so who who's I'm yours gonna, must for the week? Well, first I want to go back to, to the bust. I'm not gonna say anything, but I, I want to take a victory lap because <laughs> Caleb was my bust last week was James Connor and Caleb was making Snapchat videos. Saying he was making, third stringer. Yeah, making fun of that, uh, making fun of that, you know, take that I had, and just seemed really, really confident that James Conner was poised for a big week. And I know, he, <laughs> and I know, he got hurt. He got two points, but before yeah. he got hurt, he had six carries for nine yards. And it's not Saquon Barkley bad, but he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't running the ball very well up until that point. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I can I can see that. I agree. So with Caleb that. zero points on the ground in his six carries, yeah. and and just uh, clearly Snell is the is the best running back. Oh yeah, he had a he had a really good game. He was he looked confident out there. He was finding his holes, and uh, he looked like a pretty smooth runner. So I mean, he was getting looked like five or six yards a carry. So he's somebody you. That's another one you could potentially pound the waiver wire for going into the next week. So my final thought, Caleb, you can shove that James Conner little <laughs> thing, that little video that you made making fun of that. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. All right, my must watch, um, and this is this is going to be probably kind of a hot take. Uh, I think they make more of an effort in Cleveland to try to get the ball to OBJ because we know what happens when he when he's not happy. He will just quit. Yeah. So he's about one week away from just quitting on this team. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they make a, a valiant effort to for Baker to try to get him the ball. Yeah. I think, so. and the game's in prime time. So if they've had if they have any reason to really get him the ball, it's on Thursday night because otherwise all of his tantrums and uh, mistakes are going to be amplified. So they really need to start feeding him the ball this week. And and I'll back it up with some fact, other than just a hunch that I think Baker's going to get him the ball. Cincinnati has the worst secondary in the entire league. They're young, oh, they're yeah. inexperienced. They didn't play very good in in week one. So I think that it kind of the perfect storm for OBJ to finally score some points. I I like that pick. Um, going back to my bust from last week, I had picked Zach Ertz as uh, my bust watch for that week, um, and I feel like that turned out pretty good. I mean, he had yeah. ten points, which I guess is okay for just because he got in the end zone. Yeah, he's okay for fancy tight ends, but honestly, Dallas Goddard might look. He's kind of taken over that role that Zach Ertz has played for so long, and I don't know how valuable he is. Whenever, whenever you're running two tight ends and pretty constantly, you're kind of going to struggle to get points consistently. I know he, you have him on your team, but yeah, but yeah, I just, I don't know how much value he adds going forward, but. I mean, it's obviously still Zach Ertz, so I could say that, and then next week he'll go off and score 20 points, which he probably will. It's hard to take him out of the lineup because he's Zach Yeah, Ertz. exactly. Yeah. 
would agree with that. Um, so last week we'd kind of given our, I guess, early season favorites in our league. Um, and Daniel and Scott were two of the guys that, that I had that looked like they were given, have a good potential. Yeah. Nice Daniel, performance, Scott. Yeah. Daniel obviously had 140 and looks like a stud. So Daniel's finally got a team worth, worth writing home to mom about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Scott did okay, I guess, but 121, you can't a hundred percent expect to win that game, but 121, you still feel good about your team putting that up. Preston just had 133. So, I mean, he's, that's just a couple extra catches here and there. So I don't know. I think, I think Scott's okay for that. I still have him as two of my teams, them two, two of my teams that'll make a run late. Um, and then Clay obviously didn't have his, didn't have a great week. He was had the third lowest points in the league. So, I mean, but it's also week one, so you can't read in too much into the scores. You know, kind of where your team's at by about week three, but I still think clay, can be good now it depends on how long he's without uh michael thomas for if he's out without him for an extended period of time then it could get kind of ugly for tate salad someone tell me yeah i'm i'm a little i'm starting to doubt clay a little bit even after i talked him up Uh, i'm starting to doubt his team a little bit the the biggest going away from the biggest head scratcher for me for who people started Garrick now Garrick put up 132 points which is impressive but he started the Minnesota Vikings defense against the Packers yeah that doesn't make any sense when he I guess he doesn't have a defense on his bench but and it does look like he listened to the pod too because he took our advice and benched Kareem Hunt on game day good call so yeah he knew what he was doing at least on that front um even though he got 11 out of them, he started Mostert and got 24. So Yeah, but he puts up 141 if he doesn't even play a defense. He played a yeah. defense that's playing against a PO'd Aaron Rodgers, who you yeah. every, everybody kind of knew Aaron Rodgers was going to have a bounce back year this year. Especially whenever they go out and draft a quarterback in round one. Like, he's going to be playing like a man possessed. So, so, yeah, I think that's another thing. I would buy into all the stock on the Packers team. Because yeah. I think they're all going to put up numbers this year. Yeah, Aaron Jones went off. Oh, yeah. Aaron Jones, uh, Devontae Gr- Adams had an incredible week, 41 points. Like, I mean, obviously you can't expect that every week. But, I mean, going forward, if you if he can get you 19 to 25 points a game, he'll be happy with that. He probably can. I think a bad week for him was like 15. I mean, that's – Yeah. Yeah, that's he's definitely a, a guy you'd want to have in your league. He's got good hands. Run probably the now he's the second best route run of the NFL, I would say behind my boy Jerry Judy. But but the next, crazy. Time, the next time somebody plays a defense against the Packers, I mean you're going to get called out. Oh, without question. I mean it's like what are you going to you're going to I mean the the one of the best offenses in the league. There's just you can't yeah you can't play defenses against great offenses and expect that they're going to. I know. Not yeah, lose just, points. Yeah, I would. I can agree with that. Um, and then another one, Mister Auto Draft himself, Robert, putting up the most points in the league this week, which is kind of annoying. But I mean, we'll see how that goes. Obviously, he had Calvin Ridley who helped him out, and then Josh Jacobs had a out of his mind week as well. So, 
Uh, obviously, you can't probably expect that from Josh Jacobs. Obviously, you can probably get 19, again, like 19 to 25 points from Josh Jacobs on most good days. Weren't we talking um, about that Josh Jacobs is going to be good on this podcast last week? Yeah, we were. I'm I, trying to see where we were wrong. I can't think of one thing that we said that didn't come to fruition. Yeah, um, I wish I had my notes from last week. I somehow deleted the the document on the computer. But, yeah, Kyler Murray, we were pretty high on him. I said he he's a dark horse MVP candidate. Looks like right. all that and then some, getting 300 yards passing and 100 yards rushing and then beating the NFC champ. Uh Zach Ertz didn't have a good week. David Johnson was the only one where we were we were wrong on. Oh yeah, but outside of that, like I think we we're pretty spot on with everything. Um, I of guess course, I mean it's it's I was pretty high on Noah Fant. He did good. Obviously, I'm kind of a homer on the Broncos. We it's still a TBD on Cortland Sutton. I said he was going to have a a top ten type of year. So. Who knows how long this injury is going to affect him, but but yeah, we were we were pretty spot on, I think, with all of our our projections. And we're going to take some heat for taking a victory lap. They don't like when we they don't like when we're uh, right. They, they yeah. th- this crowd hates it when we're right. Yeah, they only like what Colin was wrong. Yeah, they're they're all over that. They <laughs> they were trying to say that we were wrong before the games were even played, and then they. I know. I didn't hear. I wasn't hearing once once the games started getting played. I didn't hear any trash talk about. Oh, I know about our takes. Yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't a single chirp in the in the group chat all weekend. Yeah, Caleb's usually all over this kind of thing, and he was notoriously silent this week. Yeah, it was it was it was quite the odd week, that's for sure, in terms of our fantasy league. But uh, yeah, I feel like yeah. other than I mean, you're usually a top team, but other than that, I felt like the teams that usually are towards the bottom won. Yeah, that was that was one thing I was noticing, like. Daniel won, uh, Robert won, yeah, Derek, the, he won. Yeah, Pre- but, Preston won too. What Preston's Preston's turning back – well, no, he's not turning back the clock because there hasn't been really any major success to speak of other than he's had some good regular seasons. He just – He has. It's just with smoking mirrors. I mean, you just – Yeah. He's like uh, he's like pre-Super Bowl Peyton Manning. Couldn't get it done in the playoffs. He's he's like the Rockets. Preston's like the Rockets in basketball. He really is. But uh, he could climb the hurdle. He could get over the hurdle this year if he listens to the pod <laughs> and and gets some good sound advice week in and week oh, out. Oh yeah. If he keeps playing well, we may just have to discontinue the podcast. I know people are people are taking our advice too much and taking what we want from us, and it's like then it negatively affects us. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why Matthew Barry's always finishing last in his leagues because everybody's taking his advice. Well, and I'm going to look up, and Malcolm Brown's going to be snatched by, yeah, <laughs> by everybody Mal- who listens here. Yeah, Malcolm Brown, Sammy Watkins, and Benny Snell are all going to be the first three guys taken in the waivers, and then claim that they had known the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, I was going to do that anyway. Yeah, I put that waiver claim in Monday after the games. Okay. Yeah. It's like okay. Well, uh, we, yeah. we want to go ahead and announce, though. This is a good time to announce. Next week, we're going to have our first guest. Yeah, we're going to have we're going to have the uh, owner of No Poo Poo Dan, Daniel Daniel Mazaros himself, from hailing from Bloomington, Indiana. We're going to find out how they do it at IU. Uh, we're going to be broadcasting from Louisville, Kentucky, Bloomington, Indiana, and Norman, Oklahoma. I uh, know it's quite the 
It's quite the interconnected worldwide pod. It really is nationwide. Nationwide, yeah. We're we're all over the country now. Nation. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's quite the time to be alive. Uh, but uh oh, did you wanna I didn't put this on the, the little segment thing that I sent you, but uh I know you had mentioned it doing the going through the roster and see the one guy that should have been started. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was really, or just the why did you start him? So I, I yeah. kind of, I didn't know if we were going to do it or not. So that's what I hammered Garrick about the, uh, about the the defense that he played. Yeah, that, that was a head scratcher. I also had down, and this is not, I mean, this isn't Clay's fault because you got to play T. Y. Hilton, but Jamison Crowder had twenty four on his bench. Yeah, that was, that was one of those like, ugh. and even then, Josh Allen. I okay, I understand starting Tom Brady, but both Tom Brady and Josh Allen projected 18. It's because he's going against the Jets, and New Orleans still has a good defense, and you'd have to expect some growing pains with uh, the Buccaneers, given like the kind of like the Broncos situation. There's no offseason, really, so everything they're going to be working with is going to be a lot more limited, and they're going to have some stuff to iron out. But Josh Allen's good. Too Josh yeah, Allen, he he's been he was good last year. He's he's a good player. Yeah, and he uh, he has he's a running threat too. So you're gonna get yards off. He was our leading rusher in that game too. So so yeah, I just that's another guy that's kind of a head scratcher. Um, not too many else across the league, I guess. No, everybody. Um, I mean, the the scoring was extremely high. Yeah, the only other one. I could see is Aaron Rodgers on, on team Osage, but whenever you've got the Kansas city defense matchup versus Minnesota, and I'm taking, I'm going to take the Kansas city one over the Minnesota most days of the week. But I guess going forward, you're probably going to look to start Aaron Rodgers as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, um, I don't have really any, others that look that are super glaring um who would you say is your fantasy game of the week for this week i've got mine but oh all right go ahead I'll, i'm gonna pull it up and i'll tell you so mine is tate salad versus team johnson not for what they did this week per se but it's just a classic matchup of two bitter rivals that they want nothing more than to rip the throats out of each other um yeah and i think that I think that uh, Team Johnson comes down to earth this week, and I think I think Tate Salad has a big week, even though he's going to be down his best player. That's the second. Uh, that's the second ranked matchup of people that want to beat each other really bad. Oh. I know that the person I'm playing against, I want to. I want to beat. <laughs> oh, without question, yeah. That I don't even see that. Yeah, there's two good games this week. He's a pretender. Pee Pee and Marcy's a pretender. He is. But, um, uh, you and if Robert plays like he did last week, keep an eye on you and Robert's matchup. But yeah. I, don't, I don't. I think there'll be a correction from Robert's team. Yeah, I don't know why they have him projected one away, and I guess I'll, I'll look at his projections right now. Um, what we got? Oh, he does still have Cam Akers on it in this lineup. So there you go. He's getting some from that. Uh, I guess they have Odell. Kind of underprojected, but, but yeah, I mean, Robert has a good bench and a good 
group of receivers that he can choose from. So I'll tell you, my overall game of the week, though, is uh, Preston versus Caleb. Beer and Sigs versus Peace. I think those are two pretty good teams. That's another classic matchup. I think that those two – we go. We just we went to Buffalo Wild Wings on Monday night. We go out to eat every week and talk fantasy. And uh, Preston really <coughs> heeds the advice of Caleb and I there at the table, and he's become a lot better because of that. He has. So that's mine. I think that uh, my my poop fecta game is is no poo poo Dan versus I hate marijuana. Oh yeah, that's a that has that has poo written all over. I'm it, extremely suspect of team I hate marijuana. I don't know how good yeah. that team is. Didn't, they didn't have a good week one, that's for sure. Um, but he does have – he's got Matt Ryan, who's – he's a he's a fantasy machine. Uh, I do think Saquon, he'll have a little bit of a bounce back. But Austin Eckler, you expected a lot more out of him than what you got. I'm, I'm just going to say it. Last week, I have, I have my notes in front of me. He was my bust. Austin Eckler was my bust. <laughs> him and James Conner were my two bust players. Yeah, they – the thing with Eckler, which is so surprising, is last year he was only a receiving threat. And then I looked whenever it was in the third quarter, and they hadn't even targeted him through the air. Yeah. It's like, how, does, how do you make that big of a market adjustment from one offseason to the next? But I don't know if it's because he doesn't have Melvin Gordon there anymore and people can focus in a lot more or what. But Who's his quarterback? Tyrod. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, so that that could be part of it. I know Tyrod likes to throw to tight ends a lot more. Um, but, but yeah, I didn't ever see how did did Keenan Allen have a good day last week? Probably not, considering they only scored sixteen points in the whole game. No, I don't. I'm not sure. I don't have it in front of me, but he's he's getting kind of up there, isn't he? In years. Yeah, but they just signed him to a a, a five year contract extension. So is he going to be in a wheelchair in five years? Probably. <laughs> oh man do you have well, any, Do you have any other segments? I do not. I don't know if you yeah. have anything else you want to talk about. Oh, uh, last thing, other than football, the U.S. Open and golf this week is coming up. Who do you got? Oh, I don't know. My boy Brooks, he hadn't been playing good at all this. This offseason, I well, he, I put, he he's not playing in the U.S. Okay, okay, I didn't even know. I haven't been hardly following him, but I, yeah. given how he's been playing so far, I'd put my money on DJ. You got um, DJ? Yeah, I think he's what? I think you texted me the other day. He said he's won like what twenty million dollars in the last month. In a month, yeah, because the That's, FedEx Cup is if you win the FedEx Cup, you win fifteen mil, and he yeah, won I, he won the Northern Trust and the Tour Championship and the Traveler Championship. All in the span of yeah, a month. I'd say he's hot. So uh, I'd say his 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 girlfriend's hot. I'd I'd say that as well. Um, but yeah, we've got a currently got the Boston Miami game on. There's 22 seconds left. Uh, it's kind of a nail biter. Game one of the East Finals. So since I'll, I'll give you my golf prediction. Since I've been on a roll with everything, I feel hot enough to to give my prediction for who's going to win the U.S. Open. Oh yeah, and this is a it. big one. First time he's going to win his first major. This guy's never won a major. His name, oh, don't do it. Don't his do his it. name's Kevin Kisner. Oh, I thought you were about to say Ricky Fowler. Oh, no, I'm not going to take Ricky Fowler. <laughs> Kevin Kisner is like second on the PGA Tour in fairways hit. The, the fairways here at this course, this course is ungodly hard. 
and the fairways are so small. So, and he's one of the straightest drivers and he's one of the best putters on the tour. And those are the two most important things. So I think, I think that he wins the U S open. So you're telling me he hits cute little cuts into the fairway. Yeah. He's not a, he's not a bomber. You didn't hit it very far, but you don't, if here you just want to hit it in the fairway. Uh, Yeah, that's, that's key. The last Uh, time the U S open was played at this course, our boy, Phil Mickelson, he, he had a one-shot lead going into the 18th and double bogeyed and lost. Oh, you hate that's things you hate to see. So he's got some demons. Yeah, you're telling me his calves couldn't get it done? He didn't have calves in 2006. He was fat. Oh, that's a good, that's a good point. He yeah. Fat. Now he's fit as a fiddle. Phil, it's, it, may yeah. just, it may come down to Phil and Kevin Kisner. Yeah, ever, ever since uh, Phil got on that rheumatoid arthritis medication, he's been in shape and in – great golfing form yeah he so. said his testosterone's back everything he said his <laughs> overall attractiveness increased everything's yeah, going right since, for phil yeah ever since he just watched that bubba watson video of that bear he had bare chest hair and he was hitting balls b-e-a-r chest hair <laughs> all right that was that was my other than football segment i wanted to throw in there i'm excited all righty well yeah it was it was good to talk to you again uh Look forward to talking next week. Uh, I guess we can shoot for Tuesday night next week. I I go in a nice little two day break before I have to work all the weekend. So Tuesday will be a be a nice move. Yeah, let's just do that, and we'll have Daniel here. It'll be fun. Oh yeah. All right. Yep. All right. We'll see you. All right. See you, man. This episode of Football's Finest Podcast is brought to you by Tape Boys Tire and Service. Tate Boys has been providing service to Northeast Oklahoma for over 30 years and is the largest independent tire dealer in the area. Tate Boys offers a variety of services from tire repairs, preventative maintenance, brakes, steering and suspension, HVAC, wheel alignment, and free vehicle safety inspections. Whether you're looking to tune up your car or want to be skating some new Dayton rims, Tate's is the place to be. Come in and ask about the Tate 12 and see how you can improve improve your ride today. Nibbling on sponge cake, watching the sun bake. All of those tourists covered in oil, strumming my six string on my front porch swing. Smell those shrimp, hey, they're beginning to boil. Wasted away again in Margaritaville Searching for my lost shaker of salt Some people claim that there's a woman to blame But I know it's nobody's fault